stories, real stories from real midwives. This is Head On View. Day in the life. <laughs> she said, What? These are our stories. Welcome to another episode of Head On View. I'm Carly. I'm Laura. And I'm Penny. And today we have got a very special guest of us. So we are talking to Amanda today. So Amanda um, had suffered a spinal cord injury when she was a child. So she is now in a wheelchair. She has one toddler and another baby on the way. So we're going to have a chat to her about her experience with the healthcare system, how it is being pregnant and anything really. So say hi, Amanda. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. It's very cool. (laughs) Perfect. So I guess we can start with pregnancy. Did you need fertility treatment to get pregnant? Yes. So um, obviously I had a spinal cord injury when I was a child and technically that didn't, you know, wasn't supposed to affect my fertility or anything and generally as having a spinal cord injury if you're a female doesn't affect your fertility however I think for some reason my husband and I we did try naturally for like over a year to get pregnant and then we just didn't have any success so in the end we had to go down the IVF uh, route and um, when I had all the had all the testing and stuff they sort of said look there's nothing wrong with you or your husband, like everything's fine. Um, you know, they weren't really sure why I wasn't falling pregnant. So they kind of suspected that maybe, um, you know, it, it might've been when I had my accident, I squashed a little bit of my, or quite a bit of my large intestine um, and had to have bowel research, you know, surgeries and the mother's scar tissue and stuff all through the abdomen. I actually have quite a lot of that. So, and it's been, ongoing problems since I had my accident like 20 plus years ago. So yes, I'd had to do IVF and it was bloody awful. (laughs) Anyone who's had IVF, you know, whether you're in a wheelchair or not, it's like probably one of the hardest things I've had to deal with. Physically, not that difficult. You know, I've been through much worse, but emotionally it really takes toll on you and your partner. And it was just, you know, because it didn't work straight away either. I think it took couple of years of IVF treatments and harvesting and all this sort of stuff. And I think it was, I think it was embryo number six, we'd frozen embryo transfers. And it, it was the sixth one that took and like none, none, none of them took. I didn't have any miscarriages before that or anything. It just nothing, nothing was implanting. So even though the eggs are really good or the embryos are really quality. So, um, and then, so we were just, it was a miracle pregnancy first time around. And then actually the second time we um, sort of t- were trying naturally, probably again for a year once um, our daughter was, you know, I think she was about a year old and we started thinking about it and she's now two and a half. So we, we I think we tried for about a year. Nothing was, you know, wasn't happening. Naturally didn't happen for me. And I'm like, ah, fine. Look, and we had our embryos in freeze anyway. So we were like, stuff it, let's just, um, you know, and we're not, we're, you know, I'm 38. I don't to think about that. So, you know, we're not getting any younger. I kind of need to, you know, made a decision. We needed to either use the embryos and whatever. And 
also I get chronic migraines from being, you know, probably sitting down all the time. Like literally, like I get was getting them sort of once a month um, at least, and it's usually around hormonal kind of times. So, and the doctors wouldn't give me sort of uh, preventative migraine medication until I was done having babies. So it was kind of like, all right, let's get the baby train out of the way, and then at least they can put me on some decent hardcore treatments for that. So. Um, yeah, we actually got pregnant the first go um, with, with IVF after, like, Kaziah, my daughter. So the second time, which we were just shocked. We actually were shocked. We thought it wasn't going to work and we just use up our free embryos and we'd be done um, and then just get on with life because, you know, that was kind of always in limbo in the back of our mind, whether we do have more or not. And anyway, so um, but what's actually really interesting just on that train of thought is... Um, with the migraines, both times, as soon as I got pregnant, um, the migraines disappeared totally. So the first time around, it was actually a lot easier. Um, you know, I barely had any morning sickness. I was like, oh, I feel the best I felt in like a long time because I don't have these migraines, don't have this pain. You know, I was really worried about, you know, because I was on a lot of pain medication. I actually could reduce it. Like, Are you... Um sorry to it might be a stupid question but is it your paraplegic is that correct so is yeah, it paraplegic. yeah do you have feeling um in your abdomen do you have like is it at a certain level yeah so I, i'm technically incomplete paraplegic which means the spinal cord's still intact and then i might have sort of you know spotty feeling but i don't have any feeling in my legs I have I have feeling in my abdomen, so I get ripper period pain and oh. you know ripper endometriosis pain. I have had that in the past too. Look, I you know my profession when I'm not obviously not have on the baby train. I'm just called the baby train. I've been out and not working for a while because of having babies and whatever. But I, I teach at universities and teach um, actually teaches how to teach, and a lot of it is uh, about diversity and uh, inclusion and diversity and stuff. So. Often I, you know, used to giving lectures about um, disability and what happened to me and my story and all this sort of stuff. And actually one of the most, I tell my students too, one of the most common questions I get asked, and this is by strangers in the street, you know, just stop me at the supermarket. One of the first things they ask me, uh, uh, can you still have sex <laughs> and can you have children? And it's like, can you take me out for a drink first before we get down to this? Even at like at weddings and stuff, they sort of look you up and down and they're like, you can just tell what they're thinking. And you know, they're, oh, so you got a wedding ring on and uh, 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 and you can, oh, yeah, I know what's coming next. And then it's like, oh, so can you still have kids? And you know, and it's like, yes, yes. I don't mind answering them. Like if people are generally, really interested and, and, you know, respectful and all that sort of stuff. I actually think education and educating people is really important. But, yeah, sometimes you think, are you just being a, like, normally it's men, um, you know, are you just being sleazy or, like, what is the go with that? But actually, and then, you know, a lady did, I think I was at a birthday party for, and I was pregnant. Um, no, I wasn't pregnant. I just had had Kaziah, I think she was little, and it was a birthday party, a kid's birthday party, and I didn't, like I didn't know every like didn't know very many people there and a girl came up to me and she actually said she knew that she saw the baby was mine and I was there with my husband and she actually said oh so what happened to you did you um did you hurt yourself so she thought I'd 
she thought I'd fallen over and injured my leg or something after having a baby. Penny, you posted some sort of link about spinal cord injuries in pregnancy. Yes, it's from the Queensland Hospital. And I'm sorry if I don't know much about your situation, Amanda, but it was talking about is it autonomic dysreflexia? Yes, sorry. And um, we talked a lot about fetal movement and basically, like, were were you induced or did you have a cesarean Um, or...? So I had to I had to have a C section in the end. However, um, they really didn't want to go down that route. They really wanted to leave me to labour. Um, I say labour naturally. I would have had drugs. There's no way I would have gone na- like the full natural route. But they wanted me to labour um, because I've had so much surgery on my abdomen, like bowel surgeries and resections and things and scar tissue that they were terrified of actually having to do a cesarean on me so you know when I had um when I saw doctors like before we got pregnant you know just to ask is it safe to even broach the pregnancy thing and how would we even go about this her first concern was you know they basically said the baby will be fine the baby the body just makes room for the baby baby will be a-okay might just have to change your medications a bit and but they were really worried more for me like and getting the baby out and obviously can you have can you have a spinal or can you do you have a general anesthetic um so yeah that's the other issue and and obviously this is different for everyone in a wheelchair because everyone has totally different medical history as well so i've had a spinal fusion from l4 to t4 so basically my butt crack to my chest is all fused and hardcore fused um with metal and bone so they were like we can't even give you a, a epidural because we can't get in there. And then they were saying, what's the other option is the, the spinal tap or whatever, but it's, they can't regulate it. So they're a bit worried. And they just said, look, if we run into problems with your C-section, um, they weren't 100% sure that they could actually numb me fully. So they decided like at the last minute, like when I went in to have my scheduled C-section, um, they said, we're just going to put you under, but just give you the lightest dose anaesthetic. And yeah. just to regress, the only reason I had to have a cesarean in the end is because I had full placenta previa. So I'm just special. It, like it's, with me, everything that can go wrong generally goes wrong, and I did more than that. So, But in the end, so I had to have a, a cesarean. They did it early, sort of 37 weeks, because I did not want to risk me going into labour because of the, the placenta previa. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to really take their time because they get through bowel. They had cert, like all these surgeons in their bowel surgeons, and everyone was ready. They were like ready for like, you know, just everything to go wrong. And in the end, it went smooth. Like the actual C-section itself was smooth. Baby came out in 20 minutes. She was screaming her lungs out, so the anaesthetic and stuff didn't affect her. She was fine from that point of view. Um, but then, and they closed me up, and then I think I spent three hours in recovery because my blood pressure went crazy. My blood pressure was like up to you know 200, or it was ridiculous. They had to put like fill me up with drugs. I like ketamine, a ketamine infusion and fentanyl because the pain was mustering the pain um, that was just driving it, um, my blood pressure all the way up. So the first, you know, after the after the C-section and they got me back to the ward, 
I literally could see seven of everything because I was just so drugged out of my brain. It was awful. So someone with a different level of um, paralysis is going to have different problems. And then obviously, look, I'm really complex in that, you know, when I had my accident, I had a bowel, bowel damage as well. And I had, you know, issues with my spine and other paraplegics haven't had, you know, that I know of, if they say they were adults and they had their accident, they haven't had anywhere near the amount of complications that I have had, I think, because I was a kid and then I've had a growth spurt. My body's had to try and adapt and deal with all the scar tissue. Of course, yeah. Sort of stuffed everything up. Um, so, yeah, I have a lot more, a lot more fun things to deal with. So, but the pregnancy itself is fine. It just, it, it does exac- exacerbate. Um, and what I did read to what I could find, people did say it exacerbates all of those um, spinal issues. So things like leg spasms got worse. And that's kind of how I knew I was pregnant. Cause I'm like, what the hell is going on? My legs are going crazy. You know, I normally get a bit of spasm, but it was really intense. And, um, you know, things like already have problems with bladder and bowel. They kind of, like, early on it wasn't too bad, but later on in the pregnancy, that all got a lot worse. How did you find the um, the postnatal experience? Because I think as midwives, we always talk about women-centred care and trying to individualised care but in reality when we're on a postnatal ward looking after all these people and we have all these boxes to tick to get things done it is very hard to sort of individualised care to people so did you find that you were sort of just did you feel you were overlooked at all or you know your needs weren't being met? Everything up until giving birth was pretty good and I was really well looked after I think and then I felt once I had the baby um to be honest I, I think I still have a bit of PTSD from the whole experience because I don't know the first 24 hours or whatever they're really good because you know you, you post-surgery they're really like attentive they'll look after you keep an eye on you all this sort of stuff um, and I need help like I couldn't go to the toilet I was on ketamine and stuff so I was just off with the fairies and there's no way I could get out of bed and like not fall on my head and I had drips in my arms so that makes things you know I need my arms to move around and push my wheelchair so anytime I have surgery the same the same things that happen whether it's pregnancy or whatever because um you know nursing nurses seem to be very specialized in you know whatever ward you're in they're really they're either midwives and that's all they know or they're orthopedic nurses or they're oncology nurses and they, they don't really, um, and it's just too specialised, they don't really have any experience with, you know, general nursing unless they've done a, like a, a round or something spinal. I don't know, it was really hard because they kind of were like, oh, well, we just will treat you just like any normal first-time mum, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yes, I like that, you know, and I, you say I'm a first-time mum or whatever, but I also have some really, you know, um, additional needs that I need met and, you know, it's not just, I can't just, you know, it's not that I'm just got a bit of pain from my C-section, why I can't pick up the baby. It's because I physically can't reach the damn baby because of the cot that it's in. So we were there a week and it was just crap. And I, I couldn't feed and the nurses weren't really, um, like every different shift, someone had a different opinion about, Oh, you've got low milk supply. No, you've got high milk supply. You've got, you know, you've got whatever is the infection happening. You don't have that. You do have that. And look, I'm a first-time mum, really anxious anal person anyway. 
I just did not know what the hell to do. I didn't, I wasn't following my gut because, you know, you just sick when you're vulnerable and sick as well, you really not in a place to really be firm and use your gut and whatever. So I was like, just, I felt like I was just at the mercy of these people and it was just awful. And, um, you know, if, if everyone had a con- like a consistent opinion, I, that would have been really good. That would have practice the same. Like yeah. I would say, like I, I could name, you know, a, a group of us that, you know, on the postnatal ward that have the same approach to some things. Like I think Penny and I have, we're both like really empathetic people. Um, Penny probably has a bucket load more patience than mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> but like, we're all very different people. Yeah. And I think we're so used to seeing, you know, normal or a cesarean. Yeah. You're like, we're not really used to seeing anything more complex than that and yeah anything that's really complex like at my hospital and they go to ICU like <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and then you have to you know someone like you Amanda you would get a nurse midwife looking after you and someone who knew about those infusions and those medications you wouldn't get me looking after you even though I'd probably be like personality wise really great for you yeah. but I'm a straight midwife I'm not a nurse but even, even that sort of in name. So technically I'm a, a nurse midwife, but my nursing experience is very limited. So like the other yeah. day at my hospital, um, because we were a little bit quiet, you know, they were like, oh, so you've got this nursing patient, you have to like do their drain. And I was like, a what? A, a dra-? You know, I, I didn't have any clue because my nursing experience is very limited. So, And you're very right in saying, Amanda, we do, we are very specialised. So you, yeah. I think you'd really hard pressed to find someone who is a qualified midwife, a qualified but a qualified nurse who sort of knows what they're doing in like nursey you know like (laughs) in like a specialized nursing area because often we find one area and we stick to it and you know and that's where you stay especially like in terms of midwifery we are we are very specialized um i know a little bit about spinal cord injuries but not in relation to pregnancy, because I used to work as an orthotist. So <laughs> I know I know a little bit about like musculoskeletal yeah. injuries and things like right. that, <laughs> because I used to work in that area, but I used to work mainly with sort of acute care, not, I didn't, I did like some spinal work, but not a whole yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would know a little bit more about it, but in relation to how it affects your pregnancy or how it affects you postnatally, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> yeah what was interesting too is that the hospital is half the i think had the biggest problem is that i the the wards were really like the, the maternity ward where they would normally sit like you give birth on the labor delivery ward then they send you straight to the maternity ward apparently the maternity ward they didn't put me there because it was too small they said the rooms are tiny it's not going to be accommodating so what they did is they actually left me in the labor delivery ward which is a massive room look I I thought no this is a great idea you know whatever but the nurses because they're not you they were particularly not used to it they just they're used to giving helping labor women and then send them on their way and so they, they were the nurses who were looking after me for a week and I felt like 
every day they were like, oh, I think, are you going to go to the ward? To the, like, they were trying to get rid of me. But How do you think you would use your voice differently this time? I'm doing, I think. Oh, well, I know more what I'm doing. I know what to expect. Mm. And I think I've already said I don't want to be on that label ward. I'd rather just take my chances in this tiny, teeny maternity ward or if they'll let me go to the private hospital that's on the actual site because they do have a private hospital like literally next door so I'm seeing the OB and the midwife in the public system and I'm hoping because she actually does operate at the private hospital as well where they might be a little bit more accommodating or better you know might be better there um if they if I can't go there I'll I'll just take my chance on the on the ward with maybe the more experienced midwives who are used to you know looking after um you know women who've just given birth and stuff and I think I'll be more insistent on saying like I'm having problems breastfeeding can you get me the lactation consultant like today everything you're saying and I'm sure Penny and Carly would agree with this everything you're saying to me is like you're a mum the first time mum that needs to help yeah and I know I know you have other you know, um, mobility issues and other medical issues that we have to consider. But in the end, you're a mother who needs to learn how to breastfeed your baby. You know, the fact that you can't hop off the bed and do this and that. We have perfectly, perfectly able-bodied women that don't hop off the bed and do nothing. They just yeah. sit you know, someone needs to help you breastfeed and, you know, breastfeeding is hard to do. It's not really hard. I was yeah. not expecting it to be that hard. Honestly, I thought this year, the can or you can't, you know, you either got the supply or you don't. I didn't realize there's whole techniques, there's whole, there's a whole freaking art. Honestly. Oh my God, Amanda, next time just call me and I'll come over and help oh, you. I'm please like, do. Consultant. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it was, yeah, I, yeah, it's full on. So I have a lot of respect for lactation consultants now. So, so how many weeks pregnant are you now? 17, just clocked on 17. So I'm starting to hope to feel a little, you know, think I can feel little flutters, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, still a little bit, you know, it's always a little bit scary in this early stage. Obviously, everyone, obviously any mum's going to be a bit panicky until you get to that 20-week that period where you can, you know, you can actually get help as well if you call the hospital and say I'm bleeding or whatever because I did have some bleeding early on. Same OB, which is great. Yep. Um, yeah, and the same, the head, head midwife's there again. This time around, it's going to be a C-section straight away or are they... Yeah. Because, and that's just because, so no placenta previa, yay, this time. Not, yay. Yeah, no, I'm like, oh, why couldn't this happen last time? Anyway, so <laughs> no placenta previa at this point, and she said it's unlikely that it's going to move down or anything. Um, but because I'd had a C-section last time and they did a, they had to do a vertical Oh, the classical. Oh, a classical. Classical decision. scar down my stomach because of, because I've had so many um, lapro, lap, laparotomies, that there's so much scar tissue horizontally that they, and I've got a pubic catheter, they couldn't, they didn't want to go too low. Amanda, my specialty is also maternal child health. So I was just wondering how you navigated that post-discharge. Like, did you join a, a first-time parent group? And, you know, how were you, how were you actually treated? Because if you came into my clinic, I'd be interested to sort of know about your experience as a, you know, a first-time mum, but also a first-time mum with, you know, everything going on with your condition. 
Yeah, so I, with the council, they sent me out, um, I think the very next day, I got I got home, they sent out the midwife from the council. Um, to, you know, that's pretty standard. And then they decided to see me at home rather than make me have to get in the car and take the baby to go to the, to the, the local clinic. And then they had the enhanced nurses who give extra support if you need it as well, come out. Um, not a lot, just a few sessions here and there just to make sure that I was okay. So I did that. And then I also did join, they had a first time, first time parenting uh, class, like, you know, five sessions where first time parents could go in just, it's not too far from the house. Well, we have been talking to you. We've used up so much of your time, Amanda. So I do want to say thank you for coming on. Does anyone like... Does anyone have any final sort of comments they want to say or is there anything you want to say, Amanda? The tip I can probably give you is listen to your damn patient and that goes for all nurses, all doctors. They treat you like you, you don't know anything. And it's like, sure, I didn't know anything about being a mum uh, but I was really open to learning. But I did know that I needed help and I did know where I needed help in terms of with my own needs and all that sort of stuff. And I, I did feel like I didn't get listened to. Well, thank you, Amanda. Now, do you have um, an Instagram or anything if people want to follow you along on yeah, your so journey? My Instagram, I think I'm Queen Parabella, Parabella, Parabella and Friends. And then on um, Facebook, it's Parabella and Friends page as well. So I, can- I will tag. I'll tag as well in our little, our little spill underneath. I just want to say thank you again so much um, for coming on and sharing your story. It's yeah, been definitely. very interesting. We hope you have enjoyed another episode of Head On View. So as usual, follow us on Insta, Head On View Podcast. Mm-hmm. Like us, subscribe, download all that jazz. If there's any topics you want us to cover or any questions you want to ask, DM us and we will get to them. We will see you next time. Bye, bitches. And be sure to tune in next time for more laughs, thrills and real stories from real midwives on Head On View. I didn't know it was still recording.